Today I want to take us another step forward in the message of going beyond. It's time for us to go beyond. Say that to me. It's time for us to go beyond. You'll never achieve what you want to achieve until you go beyond. If you've ever been an athlete, they'll tell you, you can't just be happy with the workout. you got to go beyond. You say, but I'm so tired. It doesn't matter about how tired you are. You have to go beyond your tiredness. Have you ever heard that before? You have to go beyond it. But I was thinking this morning on the way into the church that a lot of people want God to show up and they won't even show up. I expect God to show up and be up for me, but they will not show up. They expect God to be on time, but they won't even be on time. They expect God to be a giver and they refuse to give into the kingdom of God. Someone said to me this week, I don't know how to start. I don't know how to give. Well, how about starting with something? Oh, that got quiet. Start with something. We understand little as much when God is in it. He said, well, all I've got is a little, then start with a little. And let's see what God will do with it. Amen? But we're constantly wanting God to go beyond, and we ourselves will not go beyond. We're wanting things that, that from him, yet we forget that he's blessed us. We forget that people, are come, people they buy houses, and in a year and a half, they're almost doubling their profits on it, and yet they don't even want to show up to church. You say, well, it's all coincidence. There is no coincidence in God. Never. God's an on-time God. He's a God that's always wanting to fulfill, fulfill the needs of his children. Do you all believe that? I believe it with all my heart. So I want to take you to a time as we go through beyond when Solomon had completed the temple that his father David had started. David could not build the temple. He could get, gather the, the implements of the temple, but he could not build it because the Bible says that God said to David, you're a bloody man of war and you will not be able to build my temple. So Solomon completes the building of the temple. And here's what, this is where we are right now. It's built and ready to be occupied and ready for for the priest to start working. So I'll take you to 1 Kings, the 8th chapter, verse 10 through 11 in the King James Version. And it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place, the outer court, the holy place, and the holy of holies, three different compartments. When they came out of the holy place, that the cloud filled the house of the Lord. The cloud. And he'll explain that in a moment. So that the priests could not stand to minister. They couldn't stand to minister. Why? Because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord. The weight of the glory of the Lord was too much for the ministers to stand it. I don't know about y'all, but I'd love to feel that here on East, at East West Church. 1521 Hurt Road. I would love to feel that, but I'm going to tell you, it'll never happen until the people get involved and get turned on to Jesus Christ again. Till we get excited about seeing young couples come in. We're excited about the children. We get excited about everything that we're, the outreach as we reach out. We need to be excited about that. Does anybody get excited anymore? I mean, when it's your birthday, you get excited. But here they are in the house of the Lord. They cannot even minister. 
That means he gets up to take the tithe and offering. He says, and God's so powerful, so strong. They can't even do that. They can do nothing because of the weight of the glory of God. So we have to go beyond what I consider the norm or the status quo into the glory of God. It's not just coming to church to hear a song and a routine or talk about a program. It's coming into the house of the Lord knowing that we are here to achieve his glory, to respect who he is and what he's all about, to know that somewhere in our background, no matter where we came from, God calls us to be here at this moment in time. When I think about my people, my my father's people, the Armenians, millions were slaughtered. Study it in history. Of course, the Turkish people said they didn't do it, but it's, it's there. Just like some say there was no slavery. It's there. It's real. They killed millions of our people all over the message of Jesus Christ because they wanted them to recant, their, recant Jesus Christ. You, if you'll turn from Jesus to Islam, we'll save your life. And our people would not do that. So how, look where I've come from. I would not be here today if it had not been for God who was on my side. How many people can say God has been on your side? I'm going to tell you God's been on your side. The reason you're here today is because God wants to reinforce something in your mind to realize that you're valuable. Say, say that back to me. I'm valuable. And I'm going to go beyond the norm to understand how valuable I am. Some of you have talents you've not expressed. Some of the things that you could do for the kingdom of God, you've let get cold and grow, grow old. It's time now to reignite and refuel. It's not time to quit. Someone said, well, Bishop, maybe you ought to retire. Retire to what? I mean, you can retire being an architect, which I was at what time studying that. I could retire from being an engineer. I could retire from being a fireman or a policeman. You can retire from those things, but you understand if you are a minister of the gospel, you can never retire because how do you retire Jesus? And now that you are a servant of the most high God, you cannot retire. I'm just so tired, Bishop. No, you're not. So I've got to go beyond the norm or the status quo to walk into the glory of God, where I walk in through the back doors and I feel the presence of God. And once again, you just have to hear me. This stage that was filled at one time, at one time we had 150 people on stage ministering and playing and all that. Hear me when I tell you it's coming back and it will be sooner than you think. I already know it. I know what God's doing. I've already figured it out. I figured it out when I was laying in the, e, in, the, in the ER room. Them telling me, hey, you're in trouble. Started figuring out that God's, God's got a process and we have to walk through that process. So I want the glory of God. Say with me, we want the glory. What is the glory? It's the manifest presence of God. It is his character. It is his nature. It is his attributes. It is his characteristics. Visibly expressed. Visibly expressed. We see God in the house. His very weight is felt. How many people have ever walked in a room and you think you're in there alone, but you, you just sense somebody else in there? You ever felt that? And they would be there. 
Maybe they were hiding out or maybe they're trying to shock you or surprise you. It's not good to surprise me. You can fool some of the people, but you're not going to fool all the people. What do you mean by that, Bishop? When you walk into the house of the Lord, you're either going to feel God or you're not. When I, and I use that in, in a term we all understand, the house of the Lord, because some places are, they may call themselves the house of the Lord, but he's not welcome there. The only thing welcome there is judgmentalism and separatism. Two things I'm totally against. Why would I be against those things? Help me. Because God's against it. What is his glory? It is his worth, which is without estimation. You can't not evaluate, estimate the worth of God. In creation, that's his glory seen and felt. The Bible says in Psalms 19 verse 1 in the King James Version, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth forth his handiwork. If you read that in the Younger's literal translation, it says the heavens are recounting. The heavens are constantly restating, 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 restating. The heavens are recounting the honor of God and the work of his hands. The expanse is declaring Constantly, Ron, God is declaring. We miss it, but God is hearing all of creation declare his glory. The glory of God must mean his unchanging essence. We need to go beyond so we can get into his unchanging essence. And what the heavens have declared, we need to start declaring it and exhibiting it here on the planet Earth. So that when you walk in a room, people say something's different about that person. Where's the joy? I'm feeling joy from them. Where have they got the joy? Because I know they got, they've got troubles just like I have. But why are they so happy? Why is Mr. Perez happy? He's sitting here on the front row. Mr. Perez had a, a fatal stroke. But somehow we prayed and God, he's sitting here, even his son-in-law, which is a doctor, which is my doctor, said he's going to die because of that stroke. It's fatal. But God said, I'm not through with him yet. Amen. Raise your hand, Brother Perez. I want everybody to see where you are. He's right here. And I'm telling the truth. Heavens declare, the church declares, but we need to start declaring his glory. I thank God for preserving my life. I thank God for saving me. I thank God for helping me in some things I had to deal with this week it, it, as far as uh, uh, some litigation that I dealt with. And it was, God just showed up. I didn't even, I wasn't worried. I wasn't confused. I'm sitting there just watching God do his thing. And he did. He may not come when you want him, but he'll come on time. Amen. Like Bishop Jake says, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Because it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So what the heavens declare, we need to start to declare. When we come through the back door, we shouldn't just be yee-yawing and talking about everything else. We ought to at least say, God's been good to me. This is what God's done for me this week. That's where the glory starts to build. 
God helped me in this real estate deal. God helped me in my trucking business. God helped me in my contracting business. When more we talk about it, the more God is felt. I reach somebody in my family with the message of Jesus and something starts to happen. People are so confused the gospel though. Can anybody tell me what the gospel means? It means the good news. And we've taken the good news and turned it into bad news. We've turned it into something we don't want to hear. So the world, our families, our children needs to feel the weight, his essence, his worth. They need to experience, Gerald, his unchanging nature. It's unchanging. But how does that happen? How does that happen? We get a special guest in here and that's how it happens? No. How does it happen? It happens through his body, the body of Christ. Well, can anybody help me? Who is the body of Christ? I think you are. Mark this one down. The glory that I speak of, his essence and his nature. The glory isn't seen by what we say, but by what we do. People need to see what we're saying about him. But what has man done? Look what man has done to this great message. Romans 1, through 25 in the New Living Translation. Here he says, but men claiming to be wise, they instead became fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious ever living God, they worship idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. We know the Greeks did that. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Did you catch that? This is what man has done. The world needs to see the glory of the Lord, but they'll never see it with us forming our own little idols. You say, I don't have no idols, Bishop. Well, some of you look in the mirror and that's your idol. Some of you, some of us, our hobbies are our idols. Some of us, our aspirations are our idols. There's nothing wrong with that, your desires and aspirations. But they have to, case in point, my bass player in the band I had, I was talking to them. We had a powerful band, one of the best I've ever heard, and I was a part of it. These guys could play anything. I mean, I get up on the stage and I say, hey, let's do this song tonight. It was just on the radio. And they listened to it and they said, yeah, we can do that. Let's go. Bow. So my bass player, which is, I don't think I can see him in mind's eye. He's, he, he, he just, all the girls liked him. And I said to him, what's important to you? <clears throat> Categorize it. Kenny, you'll know. You know what I'm talking about. Categorize what's important to you. Here's the way he, he numbered it. First, he said, it's my wife. Second, it's my family. Third, it's God. I said, you are wrong. And he was acting that way. I said, first is God. The pyramid is here. And then it's Family and spouse, and then business and jobs, it all falls underneath it. But that's what people have done. 
say they love God, but God's like second, third, fourth, or fifth on the list. Some people don't realize that church, actually, us gathering together is important. Because the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves. Why? Because he knows that when you come into the house of the Lord, you can get refueled and rekindled. And you can get, you can get the excitement of the spirit back again. The world needs to see and, and sense from the body of Christ the glory of God. Not what we've created or mankind has created to soothe our religious conscience. We need to declare his glory, not our design. I want to tell you a little story about someone that Pastor Kenny likes, Smith Wigglesworth. He, was, he died in 1947, but Smith Wigglesworth was a true man of God. I mean, to tell you, when he prayed for people that were dead, they came back to life. This is documented. Powerful man of God. He had to go through some process. His job was a plumber, and God touched him. But right before he passed away, shortly before he passed, and everybody knows what Smith said usually happened. Shortly before he passed into glory, Smith Wigglesworth prophesied, when the new church phase is on the wane, it's fallen away. And just for your information, over 76% have left the faith since 2020. He said, so when this new church starts to fall away or wane, there will be evidence in the churches of something that has not been seen before. A coming together of those with an emphasis on the word and those with an emphasis on the spirit. The word and the spirit. Now watch what he says. When the word and the spirit come together, you want to go beyond? When the word and the spirit come together, there will be the biggest move of the Holy Spirit that the nations and indeed the world have ever seen. It will mark the beginning, the beginning of a revival that will eclipse anything that has ever been witnessed. The man's dead, but his prophecy's living on. And it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. We need God. I watch how people are suffering in Europe, all over Europe with the heat waves. Crushing heat here in the United States of America. Crushing. The winds, the tornadoes, the, the, the floods. We need Jesus. We need the Lord. You say, well, God doesn't get involved in weather. Excuse me. We need to get back on track with God. Yes, I'm going to give you this thought here. I'm not going to take a long time. What do you mean by getting back on track with God? Well, how about following Jesus when he said Luke 15, 4 through 7, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the 90 and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? That's Jesus. And when he found it, he lays it on his own shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repents, more than over the ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. In this year and beyond, 2023, the church must be ready to show the world that there is a God that can bring peace and bring solution. In order for that to happen, point the finger back at yourself. 
In order for that to happen, we're going to have to go beyond ourselves, ourself into him. Beyond what we feel, beyond our likes and dislikes and discover what Jesus really wants. What Jesus really wants. Here's the, just give me your attention for a few moments. Here's our deal. We've tried to dress up the same old programs. How many of y'all were raised in church? Raise your hand, let me see you. Now, you'll know what I'm talking about then. We try to dress up the same old, same old. Old programs, old ideas, old traditions. And hear me, I'll whisper it to you. It's not working. The church is waning. You say, man, the church of God is alive and well, and it is, but it's getting smaller. It's not working. I've heard the news say that the church, the church is in a state of distress. Finances are weak and attendance is down. Why? Because we have forgotten that God's glory is progressive for he is an on time and an on time now God. Now let me say this for the good part. God is not finished with you. No matter what somebody else has said, no matter how somebody else has prophesied to you, I'm going to tell you, God is not finished with you. It's not over. Things are not dead, not dead enough that he couldn't raise up. God is just now getting started and we're about to see the greatest revival we've ever seen. Where people will come from all status of life, stages of life. It doesn't matter what their color, no matter their background, no matter their, 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 their social standing or their degrees, their academia. It matters not. They're going to come together with one thing in common. They want to touch Jesus. That's coming. That's coming. So it's time to go beyond just sitting in the house to serving the house of the Lord until everyone sees the glory of God. Here's the news. We don't need to go back into Egypt. Does anybody understand the story of Egypt? What was in Egypt? Help me, slavery. The children of God were enslaved. They were slaves. They're making things for the Egyptians. We cannot go back into Egypt. We need the glory of the Lord to lead us into our promised land. Not only must we make it into that promised land, we must reach out to a world that is lost in the desert and we've got to take them with us. We've tried to spice up what we've done in the past, but we don't need spice. I'll end with this. We need transformation. We need real change. We need the glory of the Lord to give us Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit inspired change, transformation, revitalization.